Welcome to That Really Happened, where we hear the real-life stories of real-life people. I'm your host, Emily, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode comes with a trigger warning and addresses something so close to my heart. Writing this intro has been extremely challenging because there's so much I want to say that can't possibly fit into one episode. I know our guest today feels the same. I don't normally do this, but before we begin, I wanted to share some statistics according to the CDC. Maybe you're asking why. As I've talked about this episode with close friends and family, I get the same response over and over. How are women still dying in childbirth in 2021? After reviewing the CDC website, I realized that even the numbers I'm sharing with you are limited by collection methods and descriptive factors. Around 700 women die each year because of pregnancy-related complications. There are racial disparities that should alarm us across these statistics. 700 out of 331 million people in the United States may not seem like a lot to you, but for statistical purposes, maternal morbidity is still considered a key component when assessing a country's overall health. The United States is ranked at the bottom out of the top 10 developed nations in the world. If our medical science is so sophisticated, why are women dying? The CDC also states that two-thirds of those 700 deaths are considered preventable. That's around 469 mothers that we know of who aren't here today. And that number doesn't include women who die after one year or due to untreated medical mental health conditions like postpartum depression and psychosis. As a pregnancy, birth, and postpartum advocate, I don't want anyone leaving this episode afraid. There's hope, dignity, and teams of people behind the scenes working tirelessly to make the birthing experience equitable and safe. In the meantime, there are resources and birthing professionals available to address your concerns and support you through your personal journey. This episode won't give you all the answers. It may not even answer some. But what we are providing you is a story of someone who lives this reality every day. This episode is for Alina. This episode is to honor the life of Maria Corona. Let the journey begin. For our listeners, can you introduce yourself, however you want to describe yourself, is fine. Okay, well, I'm Sam Vari. I'm from um, Beaumont, Texas. I'm a single father, two daughters. I have a nine-year-old. Um, she uh, currently, you know, she lives with her mom. I have a one-year-old daughter that currently stays with me, you know, and that's the daughter of Maria. That was our first and only child. Living a uh, single-parent life. You know how that goes, providing a lot of responsibility. I guess you could say I'm a hardworking person, very determined. Now I'm uh in in and now I became a guy, you know, with a story to tell that a lot of people can relate with, you know, that that shouldn't be able to relate with. I'm a guy that also has to take on the responsibility to speak about these type of things. Feel like it's my duty to the community. I appreciate you being here. Today, we'll be talking about someone very special to you, your love and mother of your daughter, Alina Maria Corona, right? Right, right, right. She had a nickname though, right? Yeah, yeah, Lupita. 
Everybody, uh, yeah, her family called her Lupita. She yeah, looked so uh, full of life, such a fun person to be around. Yeah, yeah, she was a great person. Um, everybody loved it. Tanoa was the lover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was a beautiful person. She was, she was like the life of the party. What she meant to um, the people that knew her, it was, I don't know, it was insane. It was like she was as close to perfection as as it gets, you know. Wow. She was she was just very vibrant, extremely hardworking, responsible, uh very caring. She passed she was she passed at twenty-eight years old. So still young. Oh man, she was just she was just such a good time, man. She was a good time. Can you describe your relationship with her? Like what she yeah. meant to you personally, but just the history of your friendship and your relationship. Yeah. Well, we started out as as uh, just friends, like strictly just friends. But like we we were together, dated for you know um, almost at four years. But I we we were just friends like two years previously before that, just about two years. So it was a thing like. Uh, we didn't even we really didn't even see this see you know us coming like that you know but we just clicked so easily like we met at uh at work we worked together she'll come over um to the house we'll just like i was i was still living with my mom at the time you know she'll come over to the house would sit out in the driveway and just and just talk just just all night long. A lot of things we agreed on and a lot of things that we disagreed on, but what I I liked the most about it was uh, I realized when we were friends, we would disagree on things, but we could, uh, we were able to communicate with each other so well about what, about how we felt about certain things and compromise that we had with each other. Like, and and that was just in a friendship stage. We were so just over time that just, it just shifted into, you know, into, into love. Like it was like, you know, this is, this is right. You know, this is, this is probably, this is meant to be. And and especially when, uh, when she, uh, when she met my mom, you know, I, I brought her to meet my mom and, and my mom, she, she loved it. She told me, she was like, Hey, like, that's the one. Cause she can just see it, you know, yeah. she can feel it. She was like such a, like, I don't know, like a motherly, figure to everybody wow yeah and I guess like even to me how she made me better you know because when when we when I met her I didn't have much like and not just like material you know material realistic things just mentally like no focus no drive she instilled all that you know just from my conversations our relationship it made me a better person for sure that's incredible um, when you meet someone like that and and you fall in love and just yeah. like you, I can just tell like so much the affection that you have for her and what she meant to you. Um, I'm sure it's hard to like put in words exactly what that was. Yeah, it's real difficult. It still feel like, you know, like she's still here sometimes. It still feel like just yesterday, you know, that, uh, yeah, so... 
So your friendship developed into love and then you guys actually decided, right? That you wanted to start a family. Is that how that works? Oh yeah. Yeah, most definitely. We, we decided that way earlier than, you know, than a year ago, uh, you know, two years ago, we been like, we, we knew that, okay, we were going to start a family. We were going to do this, but we had things to, you know, to do in our personal lives, you know? Yeah. So it was definitely, definitely planned. Like we had, it, it was three, like we wanted three, mm-hmm. like at least three, you know? So like Alina was supposed to be like, you know, the big sister. Maria was, was excited. She wanted to be a mother more than anything else. Like uh, she got plenty of nieces and nephews you know, I got nieces, uh, I got a niece and a nephew, you know, the daughter, you know, she was so good um, with everybody else's kids, you know, and, and all our friends and, you know, they children, she was just so good with them. You could really see like, oh yeah, she really wanted this. She really, you know, we, we both did, you know, and um, yeah, we were looking forward to that. Yeah. Like I say, it was, she was supposed to be the first of, of many, at least three, so. Was her pregnancy like smooth? Like, were there any complications? Did anything come up during that? Oh yeah, no, nah, she had a smooth pregnancy. The pregnancy was smooth sailing. Uh, all the tests were, you know, great. Um, happy during the pregnancy, but you know, it was, it, it was one of the happiest, you know, times more than anything. And then September 1st, 2019, uh, Alina was born. So what was that mm. like, <laughs> you know, becoming a father again? What was that like? Yeah, well, that was cool. I, I it, it felt like it was the first time all over again. Literally from the, the day, that, the second she told me, that hey, we, you know, she was pregnant. Like, I was okay. I was waiting. Like, I was just as excited as she was, you know. I was, uh, I was waiting to see her. You know, I want to see what she was gonna be like. Cause she used to move a lot in the, uh, in the stomach. She was always kicked and everything like that. I wanted to see her, and um, I just want to see what she looked like so bad. When I got to see her, I think she had we had the same lips and everything like that. Oh, like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, it was it was the best day yeah. ever. Yeah. Was uh was Maria feeling good that day? Like was was she was there anything on the horizon? Like was she feeling a certain way that day or no. That day, no. That day she was she was overjoyed. She was happy. She was I mean, she cried. I I never seen her cry. Yeah. Until that time, tears of joy, like, like you know, what we both did. But some of the joy was taken out, though, because of the fact that we didn't get to keep her. You know, keep Alina with us because she had to go to the um to the NICU. It wasn't like uh, okay, now I have the baby. You know, let's go home. But um, yeah, that's the moment, you know, that we was waiting for, but we never really got that. We never got that. Yeah. 
Alina being in the NICU, um, is that when you really started to notice like something going on with Maria? Cause you had mentioned you had like observed the other moms who just had babies like walking around in their condition and just being like something yeah. you know, is, is not the same here. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that she mentioned to me, you know, actually like, you know, how she watching them and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Something that, yeah, I, I don't understand, you know, but, you know, it was obvious she was in pain, you know, it was obvious she couldn't hardly move around, but, you know, being inside of the hospital, we was just taking their advice, mm-hmm. you know, they saying, you know, you'll be okay, just a little sore, you know, you just had a baby, you know, like, of course, of course, you know, like, you know, like we crazy, so I'm like, you just had a baby, of course you're going Listen to what we telling you. You know, you you know we the professionals. Yeah. You know, in, in the hospital, you know. Yeah. Not, like how would you know anything? I didn't think anything. Yeah, I I was thinking, okay, well, you know. So I wasn't. So it wasn't anything that was really alarming to us. The fact that you know that was going on. You said in an article that September fifth, twenty nineteen, your life took on a different meaning can you just share a little bit about that well september 5th is the day that my whole life like changed because you know maria passed on september 5th and it happened late in the evening when she passed that night was a it, it, I, I, I try not to really put myself back into, you know, into that night, but I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to just go to sleep. People started reaching out, you know, to me saying, you know, sending condolences and everything like that. And, you know, I just, I just had to just shut off for a moment, you know, I, I wasn't even paying no no attention to to anything. I had that night to where everything was just just blank. But immediately, like when I woke up, I had to snap into it. Like, okay, I have to be I have to be a father now, you know, by myself. And as I said earlier, Maria, she was already she already turned me into a better person. In that moment, I knew I had to, okay, everything that that don't really matter, that, you know, that's not really important, that's not going to be for the greater good of uh, me and my family, it's all irrelevant now, you know. The thing that's most important now is that I raise Alina to always... To be, to be the best person she can and to also keep her mother alive in her life. You know, even, you know, as much as I can keep it, you know, let her know, explain to her, okay, this is your mother. When I make decisions and everything, consider like, uh, okay, with, you know, how would Maria feel about this? Like, like I said, September 5th, it, it, it was the, the day that she passed and and when she passed my whole life took on a whole new meaning of 
of responsibility. And, and, and that was just, at first, that was just for, you know, the people around me, the people that knew Maria. And it took off in, into a, a whole lot more, like more than I expected, you know, for me to even be doing this right now for people to, you know, even really uh, care about it. Like they, this was before then, you know, until um, I talked to uh, people that was reaching out, you know, people that know Maria, and her name is a Kim Tao Fam um, Photography. You know, she reached out and she wanted to, she had an idea of a picture she wanted to take to, you know, dedicate for Maria, you know. And and that's the picture that, you know, that went viral and, and everything like that. Like, I didn't, The know, one of her, like, stand, her, like, yeah, image it's standing over the Yeah, and her image. Yeah, yeah. Like, we took that at a, a Maria's sister house. She set it up over there and we did that. And I thought it was a cool picture. I loved it. I was like, hey, you know, I'm put this in the house, you know, so Alina can see this, you know, I posted it on Facebook and, you know, Twitter, Instagram, and and then it, it took off. And, and wow. now it's a lot of people, like I said, now it's people that cared that, you know, I, I didn't think, like, so now it's even more times 10 now where I feel like, okay, you know, I have to do even more, but it's, but everything I do is in the name of Maria though, mm. Maria Corona, so. Now, I didn't know that part of the story. You just posted a picture and it just took off. Yeah, yeah. Um, we took the picture maybe like a week after it happened and I was still, I was staying at, uh, at Maria's uh, family house, you know, at that time. I, I wasn't living there, but after that happened, I stayed there for a couple of weeks, you know, just to, you know, soak up the energy still, you know, just be, you know, close to them, you know, everything like that. I was in a living room. It was like late, like, like 12 in the morning. Like I couldn't sleep. I'm laying in a recliner and I posted it and, and my phone just started just going crazy. So I put it on Twitter and I started getting a lot of notifications and her brother, I was talking to her brother and I was telling him, I was like, like man, I, you know, I think this picture going viral. Like I, I don't know what's going on right now because my phone and I went to sleep. Finally, woke up and phone still going. And I was like, oh, I was like, I think, I think it is, you know. And, and people started sending a lot of condolences and, and messages and everything like that. And and I was like, okay, like, yeah. Like I, 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 I said, I was overwhelmed. Like I said, I still do get overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's a, it's a little overwhelmed, but I already knew at that point in time, I already had my mind. Okay. Like I'm in father mode, like, cause depression is real, but responsibility is, is, it's very real also. I immediately weighed out, you know, the you know, responsibility in in my depression and and you know, I, I had to snap out of it. I snapped out of it quick. Like I said, it still hurts, but like I said, I, I know I, I got a, a big job to do. You she wouldn't want me to not be able to raise, you know, her daughter. She wouldn't want me to 
to crack like an egg, you know? She wouldn't. So, you know, that's my strength. Talk about the help and the support because you yeah. are just one man, you know, and it's a, yeah. it's a big responsibility. Yeah. How, do you, yeah. how do you practically, you know, navigate that since all this? Yeah, well, I, had, I got a lot of help in the beginning because when people started reaching out, uh, that's when I connected with people like uh, like Charles Johnson. Um, uh, he, he runs for Cure for Moms Foundation. Um, maybe with Amari Maynard, um, you know, uh, the, he, you know, the guy that did, you know, he did the pain for him, you know, that's my boy. They reached out to me and they introduced me to a whole world that like I had no idea about because this is something that it doesn't, it doesn't get talked about. You realize in, in situations like this and in talking with a lot of, uh, you know, people like, you know, lawyers and people at hospital representatives and all this, you learn that a lot of this is, is stuff they like to keep quiet. You know, they, it's a lot of stuff that gets settled in situations like this. And let's not talk about this anymore. Let's, you know, let's just sweep this under the rug. I didn't realize that until they reached out and, they t and, and these are guys that went through the same situation as me. I wasn't alone. I knew that I, I wasn't the only man to, you know, to have to raise children, you know, on their own. But I didn't know that it was people that, that were advocating mm -hmm. for, for the wrongdoings, especially when it's at the fault of someone else. It, it, it really helped get me together and show that, okay, um, these are my brothers, you know, they here with me. Um, I still talk to them, you know, often. It made me want to get part of their fight, you know, part of their fight, you know, it was our fight now. So they've been advocating for a while. So felt like I had to do my, my part and, and, and all the people that, uh, that reached out I love all the messages. When I first put the picture out, it's a lady, Facebook name is Linda LV. I wanna say thank you to her because she she's from Australia and she she seen the picture and she's the lady that actually, she made a GoFundMe like for me. I wasn't even thinking about anything like that. You know, I had no, you know, but she was like, no, look, I'm gonna I'm make this even if I'm gonna be, you know, the only person, you know, that that's donating to you. I want to say thank you to her because she made that, and and uh, and you know, all the people that send, you know, donations that have sent donations and everything. I want to say thank you to all them. Um, it's a, um, yeah, it, it, that you know, it that really. That really helps. Like uh, Alina, it's it's great knowing that okay, people really care about this, and knowing that okay, my daughter is is gonna be well taken care of. You know, like Alina's um, gonna know that she has a community of people around her that she may never meet. Yeah, who cares yeah. about you and cares about her mom and and wants the best for her. 
Exactly, exactly, exactly. When you see that many people trying to even somewhat fill the gap that she left in the world, like that just just shows like how powerful, you know, her presence and, and just her life powerful. was. Extremely powerful. And, and, and when I, and it's when we were, when me and Maria were in the NICU, we were standing over the, um, over the bed, looking at Alina. And I remember telling her, I was like, man, I said, this girl going to be special. And Maria was like, yeah, I know. But we, you know, we ain't see this coming. When you see this, see, see it being like this, but, but I don't know. We we just knew. We knew because of I think everything. Everything is is in Maria Corona's name. Everything I do, every everything I represent, everything is dedicated to her. Everything good that um that I that I have that you know all the love we get is all you know because of her, Alina. She's gonna. When I said she's gonna be special, is it's because of her. It's because of Maria, you know, because because I knew how how she how she was gonna be raised. I knew how I knew what kind of mother she had. We got a case going on with the with the hospital, but and then, you know, I talked to a lawyer. They the first the discussion we had it was um, well, you know, these things. You know, they normally just settle. So, you know, we can just, you know, like you're not even, you're not even thinking about, you're not even, you're not even really on my team. Like, I want to talk to somebody that's going to say, you know, they, they did what? Like, oh, nah, we got to, we got to, you know, let's look into this hospital. How, how often does this happen? Like, let's get some information on them. And there was all that going on inside her and she was sitting in a yeah. hospital. Sitting in the hospital, in the hospital, discharged us. Yeah, told us because we have because the insurance wasn't gonna cover no more of it. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You said you oh, went yeah. in thinking like we're just taking your advice, like we're just here. Mm-hmm. If there's something wrong, you'll let me know. You know. And yeah. So yeah. Exactly. Like I, I don't like that. I don't know. I, you know, I've. I've never even been, I've never been to college before, so I wouldn't even <laughs> start to know anything about what a doctor is gonna know. But, you know, I knew um, my sense was telling me, you know, like, hey, I don't think she's ready to go. You know, I think she still needs some help. It was like, nah, she already checked off everything off on the list. Like, why are yeah. you even a medical professional? Like, taking care of people if you can't look past like, what insurance does and doesn't cover? Yeah, yeah, they should, I don't know, they should, I don't know, they should develop some kind of, I don't know, compassion test or something like that for a nurse or for a doctor that you have to pass to become one first because, I mean, like, because that's ridiculous. I'm I'm like, like, and a person like Maria, I'm like, man, she would never if, if, you can be a, a complete stranger, like, you know, you can be a, a complete stranger. And if you in a, in a bind or whatever like that, or if you 
you know, if you having a hard time, you know, if you need, uh, I don't know, you an old lady, you need help across the street or something like that. Like Maria, she gonna be there to to help you do, you know, do anything. Like she was just there to help. I don't have any answers. I don't expect you to have any answers, but it's just really is tragic what happened. So yeah, I, yeah, I um, I can say no. I don't have the answers. I'm uh, I'm still looking for the I'm still looking for the, the the right questions I guess to ask you know I'm um but I'm always willing to learn though I never knew I never knew my meaning in life I never I always was was looking looking for that like I always you know wanted to know like what it what am I what am I supposed to be what am I what do I want to you know being like what am I want to do? Life had this in store for me. Um, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily. I'm not one to necessarily believe that everything happens for a reason, but I believe that you can get reason out of everything that happens. You know, so that happening gave me okay, this is, this is your reason. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, you're supposed to spread awareness about, you know, what's going on. You're supposed to, um, you're supposed to do community work. You're supposed to do charity work in the name of Maria to, in the name of Maria Corona to, to really put, stamp her name in this world because she was legit so positive like she was to me i consider her perfect to me i consider her perfect i have to i have to let the world know who she was i have to let alina know okay this who your mom was you know i have to let the world know that this is happening. If this, if this, if Maria name goes, if it goes stale, if this is just another you know, settlement that we just not gonna talk about, I can't be good with that. I can sleep great at night without a million dollars, but I can't sleep at night knowing that, okay, I turned my back on Maria. I just let all that happen in vain. You know, I just let all that just, just let it rock, you know, you know what I'm saying? Just hush, you know, slide a little bread and, you know, a little money and a little college fund or whatever, I guess our trust fund or whatever for your baby. And, you know, y'all just, it's you not know, that. don't tell, don't, don't tell nobody else. You know, nah, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't sleep. Uh, I can't do that. I can't, and I can't, um, and I and I also I wouldn't be able to, to rest at night if if I didn't extend and and let others know that hey I'm here to help I'm here for you if you're depressed it don't even have to be about this issue if you're just facing anything you know what I'm saying anything that that's hard that's you know that's heavy on your spirit like reach out you know we can talk or whatever um 
They say, I don't, you know, we can figure out the answer together. You know, I don't have the answers, but I'm, I can listen. You know, I'm a, I'm a great listener. I, that's, that's one thing I, I learned from Maria. Well, I, I learned because of Maria, because sometimes I learned that some days when, some nights, some of them long nights when we sit in the driveway talking for six hours, seven hours or whatever, sometimes it's a person doesn't want you to respond back. They don't want to hear what you got to say. Sometimes a person just want to just, they just want to talk. They just want to vent. They just want you to listen. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times that's what it was. Sometimes I learned that she don't want to hear, you know, what I got to say. She just want to just say what she got to say. She want me to just hear it. You know what I'm saying? If I got something to say about it, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow or whatever like that. You know, right now she just want to just get it off of, off of heart. So I extend that to, to anybody, you know, that's what I'm here for. That's what um, I'm here to do. I thank you so much for sharing that and everything else you shared today. And I just want to make sure before we go that there's not anything that I'm missing that you wanted to say. Uh, Don't take anything for granted. Be positive. Don't go to sleep angry. Be responsible. Um, ask questions. Do research. Help a person today. Check on your strong friend. Ask your strong friend if they're okay. You know, is it something they, that they need? You know, ask them if they just need to talk. And know that the world is better with you. You know what I'm saying? And, and know that. I would say that. What's most important is uh, it's somebody that needs you. It's somebody, you know, that you mean a whole lot to. It's somebody, you know. Even if you might not even know that person, or if you haven't met that person yet, or if you met that person and y'all don't talk to this day, you know, it's somebody, you know what I'm saying, that you mean a lot to. Personally, I just want to thank Sam again for sharing so openly with us and reiterate that you are not alone. The pain you're facing doesn't need to be faced alone. To follow along with Sam's journey, you can visit foralina.com or his Instagram at styleandmoves. At foralina.com, you can find media, blog posts, a link to the GoFundMe, and Sam's Etsy shop, where you can get your own Foralina t-shirt. Some other pages he mentioned throughout the interview were for Kiara for Moms, that's using the number four, and we are Robin, spelled with a Y. I recommend following on Instagram, abide underscore women, and searching the hashtag Momnibus, M-O-M-N-I-B-U-S, to stay up to date and learn how you can do your part to make birth safer in our country. Episodes of That Really Happened launch monthly on the last Friday. You can find me on Instagram by using the hashtag That Really Happened.